Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And welcome, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope all is well. Look, we've got a pretty serious topic here today. We're talking race in America, black, white, Jesus, Western civilization, pretty heady stuff, pretty intense stuff. So look, before we get into all of that, I need to have just a moment of levity. You know we do some levity here on the show. Uh, so I'm putting my corny dad hat on here. A quick joke. Can, I, can we do a quick joke? Well, okay, not about race in America, but about black and white. Uh, what is black and white, black and white, black and white? Uh, the answer is a nun rolling down a hill. Thank you very much. Yes, the rim shot, always appropriate here on the Pods Honest Truth. All right, that's enough of the levity uh, and enough of the jokes because this is a serious topic. Here's what we are specifically tackling today. Was Jesus white? Now, of course, we know about Sean King, the famous far-left activist. He called for all white European images of Jesus to be torn down because they promote white supremacy. And so it leads to a simple but provocative question was Jesus white? And the Bible, by the way, doesn't reveal Jesus's skin color. But what we do know is that he came to earth as a Jew born in the Middle East. Not disputed at all, by the way. You're going to hear from two authors, historians today, who are going to give you two different takes on this. And they're going to present their cases for and against uh, this idea of getting rid of the white Jesus. And then you can come to your own conclusions, folks, because look, Uh, I'll have some of my own analysis later on at the end of the podcast, but folks, unlike the so-called mainstream media, we don't spoon feed you here, okay? Uh, We don't just give you one side of an argument and tell you what to think. No, no, no. Here are the Pod's Honest Truth, and by the way, Just the News, I mean, that's what justthenews.com does. We think you actually have a brain and can decipher this for yourself. So our job is to give you both sides. That's called something, let me think from, oh, that's right. That's called fairness. And, and quite frankly, it's also called journalism. Oy. Anyhow, got off on a side tangent. All right, first, let's go to the dictionary on how white is defined. You go to the dictionary, here's what it says. It says, belonging to or denoting a human group having light-colored skin chiefly used of peoples of European extraction, uh, and they say similar words are Caucasian or European. Now, we know Jesus was Jewish, and the Jewish people are Semitic, and Semitic people are considered Caucasian. So technically, you can say he's white, but obviously, he didn't look like David Hasselhoff or something like that. Some, I mean, you didn't see Jesus on Baywatch, FYI. I mean, he didn't have blonde hair, blue-eyed. He wasn't from Nor- Norway or, or, or Ireland. He was Mediterranean. He was Jewish. He wasn't your traditional white guy, if you will, obviously. But 
as these interviews for the podcast are going to be revealed and some of the research that I did for the topic, it turns out that the word white obviously has a lot packed into it. It's not just about color or bone structure. Uh, you know, to people who want to see European-looking white Jesus images come down all around the world, it really is much more than that. This, Look, it represents something deeply offensive. Now, not that Jesus himself is offensive, but the whiteness of Jesus brings up a whole host of issues for many African Americans. Many of them are on the far left, FYI. Here's what they believe. They believe it's not an accurate depiction, first of all, what Jesus looked like. But regardless of that, more notably, they see a link between the whiteness of Jesus and a society dominated by white power. So the hardcore left in America sees this battle basically over white Jesus as a way of pushing back against what they perceive as longtime systemic issues of social and economic and cultural privileges. That's right, white privileges, because these are privileges were afforded to whites. And by the way, let me just say, speaking of the far left, we're going to discuss this idea that is this really about skin color and white Jesus or does this movement? represents something far more concerning regarding ideology. I mean, clearly, the question of whether Jesus is white or, or not is just a surface question, right? It doesn't seem to be the real underlying issue at play because the, the critics of removing white Jesus statues and portraits, they see this movement as a threat to the larger Western civilization and Christianity itself. And as a matter of fact, one of our guests today is going to tell you that all of this really has to do with ideology more than actual skin color. Uh, and what she is going to tell you is that she believes this is an effort to, in essence, remove Jesus from Christianity as we know it. And, and kind of to create a different kind of Jesus who basically is like a Marxist Jesus, an anarchist Jesus, a revolutionary Jesus who wants to overthrow existing order. So those are the basic parameters of all of this. And I want to start with our first interview, and I'm going to tell you her name. Her name is Charlotte Allen, so there you go. I told you her name. But I want to give you some of her credentials, because I think credentials are important here, obviously, as to who we're interviewing on the podcast today, so you can get a sense of what their worldview is and where they come from and all of that. So she wrote a book called The Human Christ, The Search for the Historical Jesus. She's won lots of awards. She's an, actually an award-winning journalist. Uh, she's been published in the Weekly Standard, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, Washington Post. So she, left and right, both. Uh, she graduated, graduated from Stanford. She's got a master's from Harvard. She's got a law degree from USC. That's a pretty good resume, FYI. And oh, by the way, she's got a doctorate in medieval and Byzantine studies from the Catholic University of America. Once again, her name is Charlotte Allen. She has studied this topic extensively. Here is our conversation to give you some more insight. Charlotte Allen, thank you very much for joining me here. I really appreciate it. Well, it's good to be here too, David. Let me ask you about all of this uh, controversy, and I put that in air quotes, <laughs> the controversy <laughs> over white Jesus. Um, what have you made of all of this, considering you have written on this subject quite extensively? Oh, well, of course, this springs from um, Sean King's tweeting about the, the next um, the next goal for Black Lives Matter and uh, Antifa is to um, start smashing statues and stained glass windows of white Jesus, as he calls him, and, and his European mother, and that, that, um, that uh, white Jesus or white Christianity is just a cover for white supremacy. 
and uh, Im images of Jesus that show him with white skin and I guess fair fair hair or blue eyes or whatever. Um, so so of course um, this has raised a controversy, but it really has to do with ideology, I think, more than actual skin color. I would say uh, there's a notion now that people who are not basically Northern European, not just European, but Northern European, um, are not really white. So you see a lot of dissociation of by activists in various groups, various ethnic groups, such as um, North Africans, um, Middle Easterners, um, Turks, um, uh, Iranians, and so forth, people who have always been considered white because their skin is, is relatively pale. Uh, they, they might have any, you know, light tan, um, that Caucas, Caucasian, uh, features. Jews have, have always been considered white, uh, under, under the Census Bureau standards. Uh, so, but suddenly there's, there's kind of a group of, or, or a movement among radical leftists to say that all these people are not white. Jews aren't white. Middle Easterners aren't white. They want to have their own census um, category uh, and so forth. North Africans, same thing. So that's really what that that's really what it's all about. It's a kind of effort to redefine uh, whiteness, basically in terms of ideology. And so, and yeah, I was going to ask you. So when you say effort to redefine. Um, uh, whiteness, if you will. What's the? What do you think the genesis is behind that, or what's the motive? What's 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 going on here specifically? Well, I think it's it's to I think it's to isolate, to make the the, the number of people who can be categorized as white small, um, so ever smaller, to turn them into a minority, and then this will and and to create a sort of. Um, coalition of those who are not white. You hear about, you know, black and brown people and everybody rushing on to say I'm a brown person if your skin is, you know, a little bit darker than, than um, your your average white person. So I, I think it's basically a political move. And of course, um, Jesus has been dragged into it. And now, you know, you can't say, I mean, what Sean King said, he, 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 um, he, pointed to this reconstruction, this anthropologist reconstruction of what Jesus might have looked like um, using some first century skulls found near Jerusalem and sort of trying to put together a composite. And of course, a composite of, of um, head size or skull size or shape doesn't tell you anything about skin color. But of course, this, the, um, the composite included very dark brown skin, an effort to Say that Jesus himself uh, was not white, and that therefore to again isolate and stigmatize um, white people, basically uh, part of this whole group, this whole movement um, against white um, heterosexual males, and so that's basically what's going on. And I, what I try to say is that it really doesn't have very much to do with with history of of the skin color. That Jesus might ha actually have had that first century Jews might have actually had. Well, um, I was, was going to ask you about that. Uh, you've written about that. What, what has been your determination based on what we knew at the time and some, some of the historical accuracy on this issue? Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah, we have no portraits of Jesus. And in fact, 
I don't think that there are any color images of first century Jews. Um, you start to see some in some um, uh, excavated um, excavations of Jewish synagogues. Um, there's one from the third century that has wonderful murals of, with biblical scenes and showing, of course, um, the, the ancestors of what the Jews of the third century thought their ancestors looked like. And those people have pretty fair, you know, they have light tan skin, um, just as Mediterranean people do today. Uh, and and the, the skin color, in fact, isn't very much different from, say, the skin color of people in, in the murals at Pompeii uh, uh, or the, there's a collection of Roman Egyptian mummy covers that are, that are portraits dating from the first century on. And those people also have the same, they've got that Mediterranean light tan skin, dark hair, um, so that we can, I think, safely infer that that Jews of the first century probably had the same kind of complexion, a sort of a general Mediterranean complexion that until very recently just would have been classified as white in the way that Italians are, and Greeks are, are, are classified as white. Um, people who have somewhat darker skin than, than Northern Europeans, but um, are certainly not, not black, for example. Uh, so, that so, so it's, really, it's really hard to say anything very much about what first century Jews looked like, including Jesus, but I think it's fair from looking at these later works of art and from contemporary works of art to say, to kind of get a good idea of what his skin looked like. And again, it's, as, I, as I say, it's that it's that very pale, a kind of pale tan. Um, and so th the question then becomes: Does that make Jesus a white person, or does it make him a person of color? And of course, now we're getting the ideologues, the radical ideologues, saying, oh, "Well, he was obviously a person of color." But um, but if you looked at it, but if you talked to those people's parents or grandparents, you know, 50 years ago, 30 years ago, even. They, they would have called themselves white, um, Jews, Syrians, um, you know, Egyptians. Uh, they, they simply would have been classified as white. But now we're having a new kind of politicized reclassification of everybody. And, and that's essentially what's happened. Well, and then Jews would be considered, I mean, technically under, under you mentioned the U.S. Census, but Jews are Semitic, right? So Semitics are Caucasian, right? I mean, that's, that, that's, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so they're Semitic, Semitic, and still under U.S. census classification, Jews as well as you know, Iranians, Turks, um, Syrians, uh, Lebanese, and so forth, are classified as, as Caucasian. Uh, some Semitic, not some not Semitic. Um, so and so what? So again, I say that we're talking politics here. We're not talking um, ethnic classifications. Now, it's true that all ethnic classifications are to some extent artificial. And so, uh, but, but we're just talk, we're talking about trading in one classification for another. Right. Well, let me ask you, speaking of politics, uh, you know, there's, for example, some of the critics, and I'll just kind of go through some of these criticisms. Uh, these are, these are the folks that complain about the, the, that Jesus was white and they, they want all the statues and murals and all that stuff torn down. They'll, they'll say this, you know, every time you see white Jesus, you see white supremacy, 
they talk about if if uh, Jesus looked like the people who were beating you up in the streets or setting dogs on you, they say that message is basically if Jesus is white and God is white, then authority is white. And so, uh, you know, th- this is their, and this seems to go to ideology, what you're talking about, but this is kind of their their viewpoint. What's the reaction to something like that? Well, I think that what you have, the only reaction is to look at, Images of Jesus that have been created all over the world by people who have tended to make him look like they're more like themselves in a sense. Because, for example, there's beautiful Ethiopian art where where Jesus is, you know, a fair, fairly fair-skinned, um, you know, a light, light-skinned black like many Ethiopians. Yeah. Um, so, so, or Coptic images of Jesus where he looks Egyptian or Greek, where he looks Greek. And, of course, it, in Europe, um, Jesus did become much paler. I mean, we can blame the Italian Renaissance on that. They liked blondes, and so they would make the, the Madonna, a blonde Madonna, who would have a blonde child. Uh, and, 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 of course, in Northern Europe, um, Germans, Dutch, and so forth tended to make to make Jesus and his disciples and his mother look look like them. It's a, it's a kind of natural thing. And now you see very beautiful um, art in sub-Saharan Africa, beautiful black Jesus crucifixes, um, images of him. I think it's just cartoonish and um, do, kind of deliberately in bad faith to assume that because people might have an image of a Jesus, of a white-skinned Jesus, that they're going to beat you up or they're white racists or supremacists. Because it really ignores the very beautiful and meaningful art that people have produced, especially in the West. We have, you know, wonderful tradition, Renaissance art and uh, Baroque art um, of, of Jesus, and who, who um, has all sorts of, you know, hair colors, skin colors, eye colors. Yeah. So I wonder if this is more about those, you know, the European Christopher Columbus conquerors and a lot of that that white European viewpoint that the uh, folks within the Black Lives Matter organization and others uh, want to see. uh, They're concerned about all of that, and they don't want that being portrayed maybe. or I'm not quite sure what they would say to that. Yeah, well, they basically just want to – I mean, this is just just, – they're very anti – European descent animus. I mean, you could see that with Christopher Columbus, of all people, um, not to mention our founding fathers. You're seeing everybody, you know, Abraham Lincoln, his, his, statutes, are be, his statutes are being defaced and toppled. Um, so it's basically this animus against um, people of European descent, against white people. It's, it's, um, it's horrifying. And, of course, one of the worst things about it is that so many of the promulgators are white themselves. I mean, uh, Black Lives Matter has a huge white contingent, right? Right. Uh, but it's they, you know, they there's definitely, and it's and it's basically based on an effort to eradicate European civilization, Western civilization, uh, and to make it disappear. You're going to see attacks on, you know, Plato, Aristotle, uh, whatever, and especially you're going to see attacks on Christianity. There's a but, real anti-Christian streak to this. Yeah, and, and and why do you think that is so? You get back to ideology. You believe it's a, it's a way to redefine society as we know it. 
I think that that's true. And I think to redefine the values that Western civilization has produced, one of them, for example, being freedom of speech, another freedom of religion. And those those values, which people took for granted up until a very short time ago, are being seriously questioned and and um, stand a good chance of being seriously undermined. And so I th and that's I think that's that's at the root of this whole thing. And that's why you're seeing all these statues going because they're symbols of of what the West has produced. But they cloak it in white supremacy. And what I mean by that yeah, is that. They use white supremacy as the way to get rid of it all. Yes, I, absolutely. And that's what's happening. And, and so, of course, once you start attacking the notion of a white Jesus, you're basically attacking the notion of Christianity itself, or Christian, Christianity's alignment with the West. And, of course, the Marxism that most of these people profess is, very, is, is essentially anti-Christian because it suggests that there's a, there's a higher moral order than simply the state itself, that there's a higher source of good than the, than the, than the state. Yeah, and it does seem like there is kind of a reverse racism here. I mean, we know about uh, folks that believe uh, in the Black Jesus, uh, I, I don't know, how would you call it, Black Jesus movement, or the folks that believe, you know, Jesus was black and black only, uh, and therefore those folks are, are kind of on the opposite end of it, doing this the other way. Yeah, and essentially, I mean, it is a, it's an effort to remove Jesus from Christianity as we know it, and it, and to create a different kind of Jesus who basically is a is a is a Marxist anarchist revolutionary. Who wants to? Who wanted and and who wanted to overthrow the existing order? It's basically, you know, it's basically materialistic. It's um, it's it's it, it, it's basically a denial of the spiritual component of the theological component that Jesus is the Son of God. Um, they want to basically destroy Christianity as as an edifice, the Christian Church. And Charlotte, along comes, and this is just my last question, along comes the mainstream media and our human nature to want to follow a crowd. And this thing has the potential to kind of steamroll a lot of folks as, as it moves. Oh, I think so. I mean, you're already seeing that with major corporations um, supporting Black Lives Matter. The very little denunciation of all the havoc, the, the burning, the the, the breaking windows, the, the beating up people, very little condemnation of that. Uh, so, so of course, I mean, the mainstream media is basically signed on to the whole thing. And, of course, media people are tend to be anti, anti-religious, anti-Christian, certainly. And uh, so, so it, it all kind of coalesces in their, in their worldview. Very interesting. Charlotte Allen, thank you so much for the great insight. I really appreciated talking to you. Thank you so much. Okay, it was great talking to you too, David. All right, that is Charlotte Allen here on the Pod's Honest Truth. That is one side of this issue, a very intense, very controversial issue about was Jesus white. Coming next, the other side. In essence, the question is, does white Jesus help anyone move forward 
or is white Jesus an impediment to society as we know it? We're going to hear from a guy who says, look, doing away with a European white Jesus would actually be a sign of racial progress. That's next on the Pod's Honest Truth. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. And welcome back, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Time now for the other side of this discussion, this argument, this controversy about whether or not Jesus was white. And this idea that the whiteness of Jesus is a potential problem for a lot of folks in this country. I don't know about a lot of folks, definitely folks on the far left. And we're going to get into that with Dr. Edward Bloom. He's a professor in the history department at San Diego State University. Uh, credentials important here. Uh, he had his he got his BA from the University of Michigan, his MA and his master's, and his PhD from the University of Kentucky. He's the author and co-author of several books on religion and race throughout the United States, uh, including this book called The Color of Christ, The Son of God, and the Saga of Race in America. He's going to come at it from a different vantage point than Charlotte Allen, as you're about to hear. So get his take, and then we'll discuss on the other side. Professor Bloom, thank you so much for joining me here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, happy to be with you. So you've heard, obviously, the controversy, uh, you know, is Jesus white? And there's been called by Sean, a call by Sean King, the Black Lives Matter activists to kind of tear down some, or want to tear down some of these uh, depictions of Jesus as this white Northern European Jesus. What What is your your take overall, uh, historically and otherwise? You've written books about. You've written a book about things along along this the lines of this. Yeah, it's well. When I was first struck by seeing the tweet and then the discussion of it, is every generation, maybe even multiple times a generation, has to have these moments. Um, where something bubbles up about race in America, and with it, issues of Jesus. So we had it during when Barack Obama ran for president. We had the Jeremiah Wright issue that you know Jesus was black. Um, during the civil rights movement, we had Martin Luther King Jr. answering mail, asking questions about whether Jesus was white or black. We had the 1960s in Detroit, um, protesters going and painting over uh, whitened statues of Jesus with black paint. And I could go back, we go back to the Harlem Renaissance in the 1920s. We could go back to the era of Reconstruction where there's African-Americans talking about, we don't want those white angels and black demons. So it's every generation that when it has its racial complexities, it, um, it seems to then want to hone in on the figure of Jesus. And so what does that tell you that we've been discussing this and not just discussing this from, from an activist standpoint, this has been at the forefront of culture for a very long time in America. What, what's the conclusion from all of that? Well, I think one conclusion is that Jesus really matters and he matters and his body really matters because the, of the incarnation. Jesus, didn't, Jesus isn't supposedly just some guy. He's the guy who's also the God. And by being the incarnation, all of a sudden his, his flesh, 
takes on new meaning. So you bring that into an American society where flesh has really pronounced meanings over time, who can own whom and be owned, um, who can vote, who can't vote, who gets treated by the police in a certain way and who doesn't. And then that's where we get this intersection where Jesus's body and then these bodies in our country collide. And then I think the ultimate take home message is while Americans, white, black, and others have grown significantly from the past, there's lots of ways that we haven't. Mm -hmm. Can you expand on that? Because I, I'm looking here, I'm just trying to look at a quote that you had said. I believe you said that depicting Jesus, well, this is, this is what the article says about what you said. <laughs> I'll let you correct it. Uh, right. Depicting Jesus only as white has theological implications. It narrows Christians' understanding of Jesus. And then, then you go on to say, uh, many Christians remain hesitant to give up on the image of white Jesus. He believes, you believe the continued popularity of white depictions of Jesus are, quote, an example of how far in some respects the United States has not moved. Tell me more. Right, and that's, I think there's two elements to that. One is, what do you have to lose, especially to white American Christians? What would you lose by giving up these images? Where we all, we've read our Bibles, we know there's no physical description of Jesus there. We know Matthew 4.12 isn't, and Jesus with brown hair and brown eyes said, right. we know it's not there. So what would I have to lose by getting rid of it? So, and if the answer is, well, nothing, well, why not? If my fellow Americans, sometimes people of color who are also Christians are asking me to remove it, what do I have to lose? And so by refusing, uh, I think that says something about a kind of refusal to um, hear and listen and, and to um, change something that is offensive to another. There's a second, um, oh, I have, my, I have my puppies barking. Can That's fine. Me? I love Zooms. Uh, you never know what to expect on a Zoom. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm waiting for one of the kids to bebop through, you know, shirtless or something like that. <laughs> um, so the second issue is more, is much deeper psychologically. People, children at age two can see a person with, you know, a man with long brown hair and they'll say, That's Jesus. There's this deeply, created connection between this white male figure and Jesus that gets into the kind of precognitive psyche. It's kind of like, I, I liken it to this. Ask people once the first time they saw their mother's face. Hmm. They can't tell you that because they, they, they saw it before they can remember it cognitively. Mm -hmm. And so this association of Jesus with a particular body type, I think can lead some people to value certain bodies at a deep level, not, mm -hmm. not, a, way, not a level that they would say it, mm -hmm. but, but a level that they even almost pre-feeling, that they just experience it, that, and that they don't value other bodies. And it's not because they're mean, racist, horrible, white supremacist people. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a kind of deeply um, put into the psyche um, connection. It's very similar to beauty culture, where if you see certain images of this is beautiful over and over and over again as a young person, it's hard to get rid of that internally. And so I think the long-term impact of getting rid of the kind of whitened images of Jesus might be that future generations don't have 
that some of those people don't have that deeply held association that they don't even know that they have. Does, yeah. does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. And, and it's fascinating. I think both your points are fascinating. Let me pick up on the second point, uh, because there was a associate professor over at University of Pan Pennsylvania, Anthea Butler, uh, who, who said this, uh, that if Jesus is going to look like the people who are beating you up in the streets or setting dogs on you, she's, she's African-American. She goes, that, that's an issue. She went on to say, if Jesus is white and God is white, then authority is white. And, and it kind of plays a little bit to, to what you're saying, not specifically, but th that same concept. Yeah. And I think, so I think that connection is very easy for um, people of color yeah. to see and to understand. I think it's very easy for um, more liberal trending whites to understand. I think it's a little hard for the person in the pew, the American Christian, white Christian who goes to church, is, is not racist at all, would not, would meet an African-American, have no problem inviting them into their church, sitting them next to them at a restaurant. And for them, they would probably say, you know what? No, I look at that Jesus and I don't think anything about his white skin. It doesn't impact me. And I think that person needs to be addressed, understood, and kind of brought along to understand as well. And so, um, so uh, I think Anthea Butler put it one way, Ann Moody, who was a civil rights activist and a writer during the 1960s, 1950s and 60s, she put it a different way. And I think this might be a little more understandable. She was responding to the, the bombing in Birmingham at the church where four girls died, um, four young girls died. And she went out and she was really upset. She was a teenager at the time. And she wrote, um, God, um, if you know if you're white i hate you but if you're black i'll kill you woo that's i mean she, you know she's she's writing for flair but what she means there is if god's white okay i can kind of understand why we african americans are treated poorly but if you're black god and you're letting this happen then there's something seriously wrong mm -hmm. and I, what and moody i think what she's really trying to get at racializing god doesn't do anybody any good mm -hmm. anyway. And so I think Anthea Butler's point is it makes sense that that association of kind of if God and Jesus are white, then authority is white. I think the way to move forward is my mom's favorite passage from the Bible was God is not a man or the son of a man. And she loved that because for her, she needed God to be beyond humans. And so I think when I think about kind of moving forward about what authority is, I think also about what love is, what mm -hmm. justice is, that we need to think of those beyond white, black, red. We need to think of them as bigger than that. So I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm pivoting off of it, um, Anthea Butler's point, um, but that's kind of where, her, where, that, where my line of thought went with that. No, that's absolutely fascinating. Uh, you know, it's interesting to your first point where you said, you know, basically, I'm paraphrasing here, but what in the world does it matter? I mean, does, does it matter if Jesus is white or black? Or I mean, who, here, here's, I think, some of the concern by these white Christians that you, you refer to in the pews, the American Christians. They're concerned that ideology, that, that, that this really isn't about skin color mm -hmm. as much as it is about, they're concerned about these radicals is the way they term them, uh, that this is all about uh, ideology and changing the norms of society. I mean, look at the Confederate statue situation, right? It starts with Confederate statues. Who's for Confederate statue? Well, 
most people are not for Confederate statues being, you know, idolized. But the concern is what where that leads. And all of a sudden, we've got blood on George Washington statue in Washington Square Park in New York. The point is, is that the, the concern is the ideology of what comes next if you're going to kind of uh, reduce it, uh, redefine whiteness, if you will. Yeah, and I think, I think your point about like, what's the reason for it? And where does it lead? And this is where I think I actually, I kind of, there's a lot of things about the Puritans I don't enjoy. But one thing I do enjoy was their, their pronounced iconoclasm. That for them, all of this debate would be simply answered. Don't have them. Don't have images of Jesus or God. Don't, because that they would say that violates the second um, um, commandment. And so I actually, and I actually think there's a profound wonder that we're left with if we don't have the images, because then mm -hmm. um, the mystery that is God, the mystery that is Jesus is there. Now, typically um, Christians respond to that with, but we want to teach children. We need children to, we want them to love and have an affectionate relationship with God, with Jesus, which, which I understand and respect. Um, so I don't, so it's not that iconoclasm is the perfect answer, sure, sure. but I think it's something actually to explore. So it's not about, and so what, you know, taking, if one were to take that kind of theological message to white American Christians to say, no, no, this isn't about you having less Jesus. This is how you about having a more, a more powerful, a more spiritual Jesus. And, and Hey, you're, you're, you read your Bible. This is where I go back to the, you read your Bible. Mm -hmm. that description isn't there because in all these other you're quoting you know you're doing bible quizzing and you're valuing that those texts so much and i have such so much respect for that and such a deep admiration for it so i think that's where rather than emphasize exactly what you're saying the like hey what's the ideology behind mm -hmm. why people want to get rid of those images and actually get on the terrain of those white american christians and evangelicals and say but hey this is actually good for you in and of itself mm -hmm. You know, just a quick follow-up on something you said earlier about what does it what does it matter if you take down the the symbols of white Jesus, but of course, if symbols of black Jesus, which we know are all over the world as well, are taken mm -hmm. down, there would be a pretty big outcry, I would think. And so, uh, how do you see that? I mean, would that be that that doesn't seem like it would be okay, but to but to go ahead and just give up the white Jesus, if you will, that seems like it's more more toxic. Right. And that's the, that's the hard part, especially in the American context of inherited privilege. And because, I mean, so the reality is none of the people rolling around in the United States owned, have owned black slaves in the past. Nobody, you know, and, but we have, there's inherited social, economic, cultural privileges that people aren't to blame for. The question is, then how do we move forward? Is white Jesus help anyone move forward in, in these dynamics? Or is this white Jesus an impediment to it? it do, you, do, you believe, me, do you believe it's an impediment to it? Um, I think, you know what? I think it's one of those, it's a sticking point for, um, so it's kind of like in people who are in the, in the Black Lives Matter movement would say, if you are unwilling to give up clearly untrue image of this God-man Jesus, how am I ever supposed to convince you that this 
person here on the ground getting choked, that their lives truly deeply matter. Um, I think that would be one instance where like it's an impediment. Um, I think that, that long-term psych psychological issue we discussed earlier is yeah. a long-term impediment. But do I believe that getting rid of white Jesus images today will make America, the United States, a more equitable society six months from now? No, I don't believe that's the case. Yeah. Um, and by the way, on the whole white supremacy thing, I, now there's all this talk about Mount Rushmore as a symbol of white supremacy. I mean, is this the slippery slope that we're going down? Or, I mean, I, I guess I don't want to get into a whole, I mean, I didn't bring you on to talk about Mount Rushmore white supremacy, but but I am, but it does seem to be play into this whole idea that now everything is white supremacy. Jesus represents white supremacy. Uh, Mount Rushmore is now representing white supremacy. I mean, where does it end? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know, the, John Wayne has an interview, an old interview that comes out, and now there's people who want to change the name of his airport. Right. Um, where does it end? It doesn't in that there is no United States history that can be told without reference to the authority that has been whiteness. The question is, can we move forward and have a history beyond now that, that, isn't kind of a slave to whiteness as power, whiteness as authority. And so, you know, it's, I'm reminded of 1984, the novel, where, you know, it's just like, okay, well, we don't like our history. Let's, you know, let's tear it out of the newspapers. That's what Winston Smith's job was, to cut out newspaper stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's one answer, um, you know, demolish Mount Rushmore, take down Confederate monuments. Mm -hmm. Another answer is to educate along with um, I mean, Mount Rushmore has its own problems relative to Native American history. Right. That's a, a kind of another bag of issues. But so Confederate monuments. Well, is the answer to take them down is an answer to surround them with other monuments that show other um, patriotic, American patriotic moments. Um, and I'll give you, I'll bring this back to kind of images of Jesus. There was... Um, an African-American pastor in Washington, D.C., back in, I think this was the 40s. And what he would do is he would have this, the, the Christmas nativity scene. Mm -hmm. He didn't have one baby Jesus. He had a whole bunch of them. He would have young, and they were mostly African-American women, but young women with a whole bunch of different babies mm -hmm. representing Jesus, representing the Madonna. And I tend to be more of a let's add on, not tear away type of person. Mm -hmm. um, let's rather than people have less, let's have people have more. And that goes not only for econ economics, but also for justice and also for love. So, mm -hmm. so that's, that's kind of where I would fall more in the, can we, if we want a history, if we want to move forward and tell stories that aren't slaves to whiteness as power, let's have stories that um, bring everyone together that are less antagonistic and more cooperative. Interesting. I know that's, that's kind of pie in the sky kind of stuff. <laughs> As we wrap up here, uh, Professor Bloom, you, you mentioned something about the authority. I think, you, I think your quote was the authority of whiteness, and you kind of alluded to that. What, what do you mean specifically by that? I, I, I think people will understand that differently, and I don't want people to do that. I want, I want you to explain what you mean by authority of whiteness, and because I think that goes to the crux of a lot of what we're talking about here. Right. So the authority of whiteness, what I mean by that is historically, if you, to be a citizen, you had to be 
thought of as white. So that's just one thing. So citizenship rights, the right to vote, the right property ownership was associated. You, you had to be white to, in the, and I'm talking about the past right now. Right. In the past, certain areas, residential areas, if you wanted to purchase there, you had to be white. Um, so that's the past. So there's an authority to being white that you have in the past. Now in the present, what it is, is we live with those legacies. So we live with these legacies where certain people have acquired, so for instance, have acquired millions and billions of dollars. Um, J.P. J. Pierpont Morgan wouldn't have been able to do that if he wasn't white, because he wouldn't have been able to do the things he was able to do. So now we live with those legacies, and in some respects, they're still there. So for instance, I've never been frisked. I've never been told to put, put my hands up against a wall. And I've been in Chicago, I've been in Detroit, I grew up in outside of New York City. Um, I've never been pulled over by police officers wrongly. I've been pulled over because I was speeding and I deserve to be pulled over. I deserve the tickets that I got. That's not because all police officers are horrible or bad or anything like that. But it is a benefit that I've experienced by being a white male that if I were to talk to my fellow African-American male friends in their 40s, most of them would not say the same. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean when I talk about the authority that goes with whiteness, both historically, and then we live with, with some of those legacies. Okay, fair enough. I just wanted to understand that. Uh, that's good. And also, I, as I'm doing this story and this podcast, I'm getting a sense that there's so much wrapped up to that word white, you know, that this isn't just about the color of Jesus. This isn't even about the Northern European Christopher Columbus. It is all of that, but it's not just that. It seems like white has a lot of connotations with it that, that tug at a very uh, a racial sensitivity. Right. I had, when I was in graduate school, I had this, one of my first classes on kind of race and understanding race. And our professor kept pushing us. So what does white mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? And I remember at one point I just looked up and I was like, well, it means power. And she stopped. She's like, that's it. When, 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 and that's when people talk about, when people float this word out, white, all over the place. In some ways, it's a surrogate for what they mean is power that certain people have that other people don't have. Mm -hmm. um, so, but you're, I, think, I think you're right. It's a really, tr it's a tricky word that seems so obvious, seems so simple, but it's not when we start kind of touching it. Well, and that's why I think that back to what Athea Butler had said, I mean, this idea that, you know, if you're going to paint Jesus as this white Northern European type looking person, th there's a lot that goes into that from a psychological standpoint as to the power and whiteness and, and it kind of, kind of all melds together a little bit. Right, right. Yeah, good. Uh, Professor Bloom, thank you so much. This was very insightful. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for the time. I look forward to listening to the podcast and reading uh, what you write. That is Dr. Edward Bloom here on the pod's Honest Truth. Uh, before we get to some of my final comments, I want you to listen to a quick, it just runs a few minutes, an interview I did with Pastor Brian Gibson of the group Peaceably Assemble. Uh, we've had Brian on before. He's a pastor from Kentucky. Uh, he's got some pretty strong views on this topic. He believes that what we're seeing from Sean King and the far left are terrorist acts against Christians. In other words, they should not be going around, especially to private property, to churches and all of that, all of that, and taking down statues and taking down murals, excuse me, and portraits and paintings and all that. So, so he's very concerned about that. But he lays out exactly why 
he's got the concern. It, it might surprise you to hear kind of his overall take on this. Here's Pastor Brian Gibson. Uh, black lives have always mattered. Unless right. you're a racist or a bigot, come on, every man is made in the image of God, Preach. right? Black man, brown man, white man, if there were a purple man, he'd be made in the image of God. Right. And if we'll honor each other and see each other that way, I, I, think, I think healing, I think restoration, I think a new America can emerge. But, but leaders from Black Lives Matter, the organization, which is different than the sentiment. That's right. Um, they're a Marxist organization. Some of their leaders have come out and said, we are trained Marxists. Uh, they're calling for destruction and calling for things that are despicable in the streets. Uh, I believe their threats are terroristic, and I believe they must be stood against. Uh, also, they're against the traditional family. Uh, very, very uh, pro, anti, you know, anything that's traditional Christian values they're against. Mm -hmm. And when they started calling for the destruction of any uh, statues that look like they might be an Anglo Jesus, stained glass, all of that kind of thing, it's like, hey, it's time for the church, for patriots, for Americans, for people that want to see our country peaceable mm -hmm. to stand up and to make a move. And just so I understand, and I, I'm sure you would not clarify, but just to be clear, you're not defending the Anglo version of Jesus. It, 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 look, last time I checked, it was a Middle Eastern Jewish man. Uh, <laughs> yes. And God, oh, by the way. Um, but but the, the, you're, so it's not about, uh, you know, getting up into this whole idea of, of, of white and, and, the, and, the sh and the skin tone and all of that. No, not at all. I mean, are you telling me, David, that Jesus didn't look like me, uh, a white Irish guy with blue eyes? You're breaking my heart here. No, <laughs> I know Jesus was not white, and uh, I've ministered around the world. And here are the mm. facts. If you go to a more white area, you're going to see more white depictions of Jesus. Mm. I go preach in African-American churches. I see black Jesuses, right? Mm. Uh, I minister all over Asia. I've seen Asia Jesus, Latin American uh, ministering in Latin America, you will see a Hispanic-looking Jesus. These cultures have these depictions because people make depictions through what they understand, what they see, and it's a culture trying to touch God through, through their culture the way they understand. Mm -hmm. So it's not about defending white Jesus. It's about defending sacred ground and holy spaces. Mm -hmm. And the leaders of Black Lives Matters, they, they know that. They, they were, they, some of them were raised in churches with black Jesus, and they know Jesus. Jesus was Jewish, all right? There's, there's, no way, there's no way around it. But just because there's some depictions that make him look more Anglo does not give you the right to deface or destroy holy ground or property. And Christians have a right. Our, our churches are our families. Mm -hmm. We have a right to legally protect our, our families, right, our churches. Mm -hmm. we, we have a right to protect our churches and our families. And uh, I don't hear a lot of guys saying that. Uh, and I think more guys ought to be saying that. And, and the mood in America is submit and bow to what we want or get ready to be punished and trampled over. And that's not the America that the founding fathers laid down their lives to build. Mm. This is a place of the freedom of speech. This is a place of personal property. This is a place of the rule of law. And the organization Black Lives Matter matters is is trying to trample over the rule of law right now that is pastor brian gibson here on the pods honest truth well look you've heard both sides right we gave you the liberal side we gave you more of the conservative side it will be up to you to determine exactly where you stand on this issue as for me 
some final comments about white Jesus before we leave you. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I want to start with this. It's extremely important that as Christians, we be an effective witness for Christ. And what does that mean exactly? And what kind of evangelical lingo are you you're talking about here, David? Well, it means that if we profess to be followers of Christ, we need to not just talk the talk, we need to walk the walk. We need to show characteristics of Christ. Humility, forgiveness, love for our fellow man. Hey folks, we're not perfect, right? Jesus was the only man that ever walked this earth that was perfect because he's God. We make mistakes for sure. When it comes to taking down white Jesus, we need to start from a place of understanding and not be so quick to say to our fellow brother in Christ or enemy for that matter, that you're being ridiculous. We need to be sensitive to one another and listen with good intentions, by the way, in a pure heart, not with the intent to just win an argument. Now, that said, the concern I have is not centered on what skin color Jesus was or wasn't. We shouldn't focus in on skin color because at the foot of the cross, there is no distinction. White people may not want to take down European-looking Jesus, but guess what? The black Israelite crowd doesn't want to take down images of black Jesus either. And also, let's be honest, cultures represent Jesus the way they see him, right? I mean, Jesus is portrayed as black, Hispanic, Asian, etc., all over the world, God is colorblind. For me, what I'm more concerned about is the bigger societal picture. I wonder if calls to take down white Jesus in the name of white supremacy is just a head fake. In other words, that gets the sexy headlines and it gets everyone riled up. But my trepidation comes when thinking about what the far left really wants for America it's not just about changing the color of Jesus' skin. It's about changing the traditional Judeo-Christian norms of Western civilization. It is about changing and throwing out biblical values and replacing them with values based on, oh, I don't know, the humanness of people. And that's downright scary. I mean, I'd rather have the God of the Bible in control of societal norms. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd rather have a God who doesn't change rather than a world run by secular humans who blow with the wind 24 hours a day. I mean, where would the standards be in that exactly? What kind of world is that to live in? So, look, my bottom line is this. I agree with Martin Luther King. In 1957, he was asked this question. Why did God make Jesus white when the majority of peoples in the world are non-white? And this is what he said, and I quote, The color of Jesus' skin is of little or no consequence. The whiteness or blackness of one's skin is a biological quality which has nothing to do with the intrinsic value of the personality. The significance of Jesus lay not in his color, but in his unique God consciousness and his willingness to surrender his will to God's will. He was the Son of God, not because of his external biological makeup, but because of his internal spiritual commitment. 
He would have been no more significant if his skin had been black. He is no less significant because his skin was white. And with a nod to the great Martin Luther King Jr., that's the pod's honest truth. Until next time, America. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.